Hi, and welcome to the August Forum. I'm your host, Andrew, and I'll be sharing the stories of fashion industry professionals, creatives, and entrepreneurs about their journeys and experiences as they advance within this ever-growing industry. The August Forum, as an extension of the shop itself, allows you to have the ability to listen to those in the space. So whether you're an aspiring entrepreneur, trying to break into the fashion industry, or just curious about the ins and outs, we hope these stories will help you to achieve your goals. In today's episode, we feature Christy Montoya, an entrepreneur and founder and owner of the interior design firm, factory spaces. Her work has spanned from the NBA All-Star Weekend in Charlotte to the Whitaker Group with Ama Manier and Social Status to even the storefront of August itself. Today we'll discuss Chrissy's journey from getting into interior design to starting a firm from scratch and building those relations with her clients they have the ability to create. The conversation will continue in her goal to expand the firm and continue to grow her passion in interior design. This is the August Forum. And today for this episode, we have Christy Montoya. Hey, Christy. Nice to finally meet you. Nice to meet you as well. <laughs> Before we get things started, do you want to tell us who you are, what you do, and kind of like the style of design that you have and kind of the inspiration that you got from it or you have? Yes, of course. So I am Christy Marie Montoya. I am the owner of Factory of Spaces, which is an interior design studio. I am an interior designer, a mother, and a community builder, so I do a lot of things, but I would definitely say that my style of design and inspiration behind it is a mix of modern and minimal design. Mm -hmm. I am drawn to more simplistic approach of design that incorporates streamlined silhouettes that are also aesthetically pleasing but functional at the same time, and I would definitely say my philosophy is designing with intention and the design should always speak for itself. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm glad that I'm able to finally talk to you about factory spaces and the projects you have worked on throughout your career. But before we kind of really get into the projects you worked on, of course, August for the Whitaker Group and even to the NBA All-Star Weekend in Charlotte, where did that passion for interior design come from and what made you want to create in that space? Yeah, of course. So looking back at my passion, it really started when I was probably 11 or 12 years mm -hmm. old. I remember like falling in love with blown glass decorative pieces and mm -hmm. I ended up collecting them and stylizing them around the house. And then I soon began to like paint picture frames and furniture and rearranging my room constantly. So <laughs> <laughs> I definitely think because my parents were super strict, it was just an outlet for me to be creative within my own space. Mm -hmm. Do you still like even now reorganize even your house now? Anything of that matter? I feel like, you know, for me as someone, I love to try and try new things with my space? Is that something you still do, even though it's also your work at this point? Absolutely. All the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you have to switch things up. And mm -hmm. I think at times we all feel just a little bit tired of our space. Mm -hmm. So rearranging things definitely gives you new energy, mm -hmm. I would say, in your space. And is that something you kind of love when you rearrange, not even rearrange, but even like when you put in your work like that energy that you want to create with each of the spaces is that something that you really want to take out of each project absolutely energy and experience are a big part 
mm-hmm. of what I do. And if those aren't implemented in the design, I feel we haven't really made an impact. Mm, that's a good point. Well, moving <laughs> forward, when did you know that your love for design and specifically working in like more physical spaces was something that you could pursue as kind of more of a full-time job and a way for you to like kind of make income in a way? Yeah. So um, my mentor at the time really opened my eyes and suggested I should start forming my own business entity. Mm-hmm. And because I already had been doing the work on private interior projects for quite some time while holding multiple jobs as well, it was honestly like the next big step and leap into my career. Was that kind of definitely like scary for you? You were working under a mentor and at some point they're like, okay, you can go for it now. Were you pretty scared at the time? Absolutely. I think I was just so caught up in the mix of doing the work. I really needed to take a step back and hear other people's input Mm -hmm. and just go for it. But yeah, it's definitely scary going into your own. I Like I said, I was holding multiple jobs. I work at design firms and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. So having that routine and that pay that's coming in consistently, no one wants to give that up. No. And um, (laughs) yeah, so it was was a lot of work, but I was happy I made that choice. Yeah. And then knowing that you have a degree in interior design and throughout your life, kind of knowing where you wanted to go, kind of how you talked about with your childhood and the way you grew up, were there any parts that you ever felt like doubts about your career path? And how do you overcome those mental obstacles or how did you overcome those mental obstacles? Yeah, I I mean, there was constant doubts and obstacles that occurred, especially early in my college years and Mm -hmm. early in my career. I just had to keep pushing through those challenges and believing that all the hard work that I had under my belt wasn't just for anything and believe that it was for greatness. Mm -hmm. I really just like I said, how to take a step back and and focus on my path and goals that I wanted to hit and learn to adapt and be flexible with things that came at me and things that I wanted to accomplish. So yeah, were there any kind of more like, again, we talked about how your spaces and projects kind of bring in energy and kind of make things come to life. Do you think in that way, when you work and if you ever hit those mental obstacles, once you accomplish it, it's kind of almost like this relieving factor in your head. Does that make sense of a question? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've had many moments of that. I think a lot of that is just learning from everything that I've done in my projects. And that that's like always the biggest thing is doing the projects. Sometimes you might come into something where you've never done it before, Mm -hmm. but overcoming that hump and having the end result where it's become successful, that is so rewarding. And honestly, having friends and family and mentors along the way that you can kind of lean against and to help you is is super big. Don't be afraid to ask for help at all. Was there like any projects that kind of pops into your head that at first you were definitely like scared, not scared, but, you know, had little worries here and there throughout the process. But then you were like, you saw the final project and final piece and you're like, I'm so happy that I did that. Yeah, I would say Menier DC was a huge project for me. 
just in the commercial realm. And I mean, it, the space was very narrow. It was three floors that also included living spaces above. So it, it was a very complex site to begin with. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you just take every challenge as it comes and really try to re- rework it. Because at the end of the day, there's only the way to go and progress forward. So yeah. you can't go and look back and, oh, I should have did this. I should have mm-hmm. did that, especially in the construction world, because interior design is one part. But then when yeah. you're also dealing with the construction part of it, that's where you come into a lot of challenges mm-hmm. that are hard. So in terms of that construction side of that, are you kind of saying that you kind of have to work hand in hand in your job where you have to work not only at the actual design portion, but kind of also the way spaces are constructed and kind of being adaptive to each specific space? Absolutely. (laughs) When I went into interior design, I never thought it would be so construction heavy. Mm -hmm. And I mean, codes, the terminology working with other subcontractors, they don't teach you that in school. They teach you all of the pretty (laughs) aesthetically pleasing process and the fundamentals. But in reality, in the project, those are the things that you come across. So that's construction has been a challenge for me, but I'm happy like Sometimes I'm like, man, maybe I should become also a general contractor (laughs) as well and expand those services because it is hard to find really good people to work with Mm -hmm. on that care about the quality of their work. I mean, you've done enough for you know the terminology now. You (laughs) you, You can recite that. Now going into factory spaces itself, kind of, you know, the very exciting portion of this episode. So... To give a brief little thing, Factory Spaces, of course, is a multi-service interior design studio for residential and commercial interior design projects. Could you talk about, you talked about how your mentor told you to start your own company and kind of go into that entity. Could you talk about how your process of the conception of the company was? Yeah, so the conception of my company really started to form when I started tapping into projects that aligned with the designs that I started producing and when it made an impact on the community. Like I said before, the people, how the people are utilizing the space, how I worked with clients, that's a big portion of what I do. And people and experience are always the center of everything I do. So once I realized my true passion, forming a business you know, it made more of a complete sense to me when I was doing the work. I think the business aspect just needed to follow that. In my conversation with Chrissy today, her ability to communicate her experiences were unmatched. From her description of how she got into interior design and her process in her work, Chrissy relishes in the way she's able to navigate the ins and outs of interior design. With a project such as Ama Manier, which we will further get into, many people may not think of the logistical side when it comes to creative projects such as this. Because Christie's navigation throughout the whole process allows her to be a successful professional within the industry. Even for me, learning the logistics of podcasting and what it takes to get one off the ground was a learning curve. But being able to navigate those obstacles and challenges allows us to all come out feeling rewarded. Such as Christie with her project with Ama Manier. Factory Spaces, started by Christie herself, is her being the vessel in which her clients are able to gain trust in her work. 
When it comes to interior design and client work, Christy thrives in her ability to align closely with her clients' desires and goals while still maintaining the vision that she holds. Having that ability allows her to stand out within the industry and further progress in her work. We'll now talk about some of the projects she has done, not only for August Shop, but also for the NBA All-Star Weekend. Knowing Rob and kind of his company and his brand, you know, the first few years are never the easiest, of course. Was that kind of hard for you to first find work or did you feel like you had a more comfortable sense of, okay, I know this is where I can have projects in? Or how did that mindset kind of go? Yeah, I mean, I, I really started slow at my own pace. You know, I really wasn't aggressive on like sales and just getting every project that I could, Mm -hmm. but was really making designs that were detailed and well thought out. And, you know, I always say sometimes, well, for me and my work, it's quality over quantity. Mm -hmm. And I think that shows in my work. So, you know, as I started to ramp up and exploring other parts of design and different aspects of the business, everything kind of aligned. Mm -hmm. But just in school, people teach you the design of it, but they don't teach you the business part of it. That's a whole nother thing on the back end of running your business. So it's been a challenge. It's been fun, but I've definitely learned a lot and I have still a lot to learn. (laughs) (laughs) Is there like something of the business side of it that when you found out, you're like, holy shit, this is what it's like? Or have you had that moment yet? I mean, the finance part of it, you know, the financials is super interesting. Mm -hmm. Like I'm a creative. So from the beginning, trying to stay organized. But yeah, holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) The money aspect. Yeah, yeah, the money aspect, what you're going to charge, what are other people charging? Mm -hmm. What is your design worth? People think that interior design doesn't really entail a lot but it does Mm -hmm. and people ask why are services so expensive you know it's just not surface level things and that's yes it's making the space look beautiful but it also has to functionally work Mm -hmm. and be durable and and last and last through time yeah so you do you ever have those negotiations with like your consumers and kind of being like well yes i do know that i'm making the space pretty but i'm also going to make your space as the most functional and more streamlined place that it can be and how does that kind of like negotiations ever work out for you i mean it sometimes you really have to get your point across and mm-hmm. stand firm in your decision of why you're designing a specific way. Yeah, of course. And, you know, I always ask my clients to trust me. You know, that's why they've hired me Mm -hmm. to give them the best recommendations for the design. So at the end of the day, it's really the client's decision. But, you know, I always should put my best foot forward on what I think Mm -hmm. will have the best impact for them. Yeah. Now kind of going into the client aspect. So in the past seven years, you have worked not only with August, of course, but also for retail spaces as the Whitaker Group, which is the social status in Amamanier, and all the way to the NBA All-Star Weekend when it was in Charlotte. What were those projects like? How did that even all come about for you? Man, good question. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I've just been super blessed to be given such dream-fulfilling projects. Mm -hmm. Like the ones you mentioned, because I've done a lot of work that was just work and it mm-hmm. it wasn't as fulfilling. 
but no, I, these projects require a lot of patience and focus and just really down to the bone hard work of long hours. I've really sacrificed a lot, you know, in my personal life to do the work, staying up late, getting up early and just powering through it. But yeah, I've learned and gained so much just within the experience. So we'll maybe go through like just a summary of it. So the yeah. first session, of course, is August. You mostly mainly you're operating out on the East Coast. But of course, we're here in the Midwest. What was that? Did you come here to Madison to work physically? Or what was that process kind of specifically like for you? That process was great. August and Rob are, they're such amazing client. And yeah, so working remotely, we worked remotely for mm-hmm. majority of the project, getting through the design. And then I did go out a few times to oversee design, have mm-hmm. some client meetings, vendor meetings. But every project is different as far as the services I offer. So for that, all of the construction build was overseen mm-hmm. locally. And I was just there to do design, renderings, spec drawings, customization, fixture drawings, and stuff like that. So that was really a great, wonderful experience because I've, I mean, I would never have gone to work on a project out in Madison and yeah. that out area. Wisconsin. You would have yeah. do everything yeah. when you first started Factory's Faces that you'd be, you'd be working in Wisconsin. No, <laughs> <laughs> not at all. That's a good, true, honest answer. I think most people would have never imagined that. The one I'm really itching to ask you about is the NBA All-Star Weekend. I grew up as a NBA fan. I mean, if I'm being honest, of course, Jeremy Lin was my favorite player and all that. Yeah. But how did that come about? What was that like for you? Yeah. So, I mean, with the retail boutiques that I do work with, you know, there are opportunities within that different mm-hmm. brand activations, specialty events, which I really love to do that are for the community. And I kind of found a niche within that, for instance, the NBA All-Star, where I was able to provide a design for the activation. So it was a three-day weekend where people would come experience the space. They had panel discussions. Mm -hmm. They had different workshops and really putting a design in place where it was interactive and just a place to gather and have fun and celebrate basketball and the city because you know charlotte i mean there's things happening but major things like that it was it was really exciting kind um, of like building that community and something you mentioned at first being a cultivator community and that's kind of the goal in a lot of your space and i think even in august and being able to be there it's just like such a great place to just hang out at and for you that's always is that an important factor for you Yes. I mean, I mean, I hang out at social tasks and be social all the time. I meet new people all the time Mm -hmm. and people are just there hanging out. And that really speaks to the community because, you know, they feel wanted and that that they belong there and that the doors are open anytime. So that's super important. Yeah. Now going to kind of the more Whitaker group retail spaces in Social Status and Ama Manier. I mean, what's your relationship like with them? And I mean, I feel like a lot of people even out in the Midwest as myself know these places as these like top, top echelon, like more streetwear boutiques. Are you pretty proud that you get to work for them? Yes, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) 
There's some of my favorite people. Mr. Wintner is, I mean, he's a visionary and mm-hmm. the team that is behind him are also so creative and, and they work so hard. And, you know, I'm just super honored to be able to be in a space with them and, and share ideas and work on these projects because what they're doing is major. They are changing the playing field one store, one space at a time. Mm -hmm. And I think in the last few years, a lot of people see that. And it's just not about the sneakers or the clothes. Yeah, That's what I love about it. It, There's a little bit more depth into what they're doing. And Mm -hmm. it's really refreshing. Yeah. So going into not looking in that depth of social status, there's a clear vision of not only like the brand mix that they always carry, the reason that we all really know them is out here is like they're big and they have all these great brands and the brand mix is amazing. But yeah. you kind of use that in your favor by using reclaimed wood, steel, glass, and even concrete panels. With every project like that, what is the timeline like for you from like sourcing and finding all these vendors and then going into the creative freedom you also gain from that? Yes. So, I mean, timeline is always a big question Mm -hmm. in any project. Constructing a design concept can, you know, take a few weeks or can take a few months. I think it just really depends, you know, on the client and the project and everything that's going around the project. Mm -hmm. Having a clear vision of what the design is. Sometimes I'll go to a client and they have no idea like where to start or what to do with design. That's one scenario. Or someone has a very clear vision of what they want. So it just depends on those scenarios. But dealing with vendors and materials and install and fabricators, that process is fun. I love doing that. Yeah, it is fun. It's a lot of working instruments at the same time Mm -hmm. and just have everyone align at the same time for install (laughs) and opening. But, you know, it's just not myself. You know, I have a team also with social status. They also have a team that have helped tremendously. So I always say it's a collaborative effort. Mm -hmm. It's not just one person. That's super important. It's a lot of moving parts all the time. So when you look at, you have two clients that come in, one really knows what they want and someone else that they don't really know what they want and they're looking for you to kind of seek them and aid them. How does your conversation and the initial like touching base differ from each other? Of course, the way they want everything to look is going to differ, of course, but how do you go about that with each client? Yeah. So, you know, we always have to kick it off with a discovery call and really look in and out of the design, the space and what they're trying to achieve. And then through that, you know, we do like the traditional design process of concept development, Mm -hmm. schematic layouts, merchandise specifications. So there's a lot of different processes that we go through depending on where the client is, if they have a design or not, then there's a specific area where we start. So, you know, I always love input from the clients because it's, it's important. Like I said, it's a collaborative effort. I don't think everyone just wants to hear my ideas. I'd love Mm -hmm. to see what they like or what they're drawn to and how can we incorporate that and really elevate the design. Nice. I like that. 
That's awesome. But looking into each project, you've done a lot in retail, you've done office spaces, kind of like done it all to kind of really invite this community within each space. But with each project, how important, of course, the atmosphere we know is important to you, but how important is that to differentiate each project from one another to let it stand out on its own where we can let August be August, we can be the Whitaker Group stuff to be the Whitaker Group stuff? The atmosphere is one of the most important end goals of mm -hmm. the project. It's really creating an experience that is unique to the space not only to the space, but the project brief, the business or the client. Mm -hmm. And what I really love to do is or create custom fixtures mm -hmm. or like a design statement piece that really leaves a lasting impression. And I do that through 3D rendering. So 3D rendering is a big portion of what I do. So the clients can see it in real time, real specs, real color, real materials. And that's really a guide to the space. Nice. Nice. I love that. Yeah. yeah, it's great to, I mean, when I was doing research on you and seeing all the stuff you did, it's been great to just be like, holy shit, that is nuts <laughs> to me. Because ah. I'm like, I'm as someone who... We all go to different spaces. We all go to different places. But the ones, of course, that always stand out is not only is it really beautiful, but it's a very high functioning and something like that's a very welcoming and inviting space. And yeah. I think that you really do accomplish that with each of your goals. So I want to say congratulations you. with all that. Chrissy and Factory of Spaces has grown and also adapted in their rise to success. From working with the Whitaker Group with Social Status and Ama Manier to even August and the storefront itself, Chrissy has left her mark at all of these places. Now going into 2023, Chrissy and I talk about what she looks forward to in the future and how she wants to continue to expand her business. Similarly to every person I've interviewed on the podcast so far, Chrissy's desire to grow and not stay complacent is a recurring theme within this podcast. Her desire to continue to grow and expand factory spaces by not only taking up different projects, but also expanding her clientele and moving to different industries and leaving her mark on those places allows her to continue to grow. She's like the captain of her own ship, guiding other ships along with her in their success. Factory Spaces itself is a company in which it aids other brands and stores to succeed and that is very reminiscent of Chrissy herself, as her charisma and excitement is something that I thoroughly enjoyed in my conversation with her and I myself would follow her. As she continues to sail in the sea, Chrissy and Factory Spaces continues to be the beacon for others to follow in the way she is able to guide and implement atmospheres to these ships. Thank now you. looking much into the future, there are plentiful of external forces that affect many business owners. But for yourself, there, of course, was the pandemic, but also kind of now the current almost housing crisis. How do you adapt to each of those situations and all those external forces when you don't know you can only keep things internal and you can only operate in a certain, you can only do so much at that point? Well, I mean, the pandemic has affected all of us and has taught us to move differently. But at the end of the day, I, I really realized that you have to be flexible. You have to learn how to bend and switch it up. And I also believe that, you know, you need to be part of the solution, not the problem. Mm -hmm. That's a big one too. kind of changing your mindset of making a solution. But, you know, I would say learning how to be more remote. You know, interior design, you traditionally think like, oh, they're always on site. 
you're always in meetings and this and that. Well, you can do all of those things remotely or virtually. And you can also take that not just in your work or your business, but also outside. Mm -hmm. You know, time is very valuable. So definitely say learning how to be remote, be more online and, you know, keeping up with those things. Other things that I would say would be looking for other sources of income within your industry. Yeah. Expanding your services. Like when I first started, obviously, you know, I didn't do 3D renderings, but now I offer them and I keep trying to elevate the work that I produce, you know, creating photorealistic renderings. Now I'm offering interior staging. I offer just uh, design consultation or project yeah. management. So definitely expanding your services, I would say. And and that's good too, because you can find your niche on what mm-hmm. you really love to do. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you started your business pre-pandemic and then of course the pandemic happened and now we're all in the post-pandemic kind of era in a way. Do you ever look back and kind of like see how you used to operate then and how you operate now? And you're like, wow, thank goodness, almost in a way, like I adapted. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) For me, the pandemic was such an eye opener. Mm -hmm. I can honestly say it was one of the best things that happened to me personally, just for my business, my worth ethic, because you just had so much more to prove to get out of that slump. You know, and it's been really hard for a lot of people. And and going back to, you had mentioned the housing crisis, Mm -hmm. like that right now really just touches my heart. And I would love to get more involved in Mm -hmm. how I can help the crisis through my interior design. Yeah. So it's, you just have to keep pushing, you know, I think that times will mostly be hardships. (laughs) mostly be yeah hardships overall but it's how you deal with them and how you find solutions for them so Mm -hmm. things will always be thrown at you but it's how you react to them Mm -hmm. yeah i mean you're a full-time mother you're a full-time family at this point so being (laughs) more remote has to benefit you in some ways (laughs) yeah do you like working more remotely now as kind of more of a con in a consultation basis, almost project management basis. Do you think that like doing things remotely has almost still the same effect of you, maybe not you being there? It's half and half. I enjoy doing things remotely, but when the time comes to it, I'm very much a people person and I love to catch those vibes like face to face. It's really half and half. You know when you need to be there to take important meetings or show face. And yeah, that's when you have to make the judgment of, okay, we need to get up out of the chair (laughs) and go on site. (laughs) Looking into the future. Now we're going to be looking, getting our binoculars on, seeing what's out there. Are there certain projects you would love to work on, certain people you'd like to work on or any ideas that you have that you want to like, I know I want to incorporate that in my next project. Yeah. So I have so many ideas. The projects I really love to work on for 2023 are hotel boutiques. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people are getting more into traveling and with that, People love a beautiful space. They love to get away. And not just hotel boutiques, Airbnb rentals, vacation rentals, I Mm -hmm. think are really cool. 
I know that there's some like really bad ones out there, <laughs> but how can we help them create an experience and just more of a cleaner and mm-hmm. fun space for them to rent? So, so you want to definitely work in that hospitality space of people wanting yeah. to get away, get more beautiful aspects of it. Yes. <laughs> do, you, do you find that kind of a hard space to operate in or to penetrate in or do you find that you would have like an ease of being able to find those clients and such it's a little bit of both within this industry there's kitchen and bath there's commercial there's residential there's hospitality Mm -hmm. so any part of that industry whether it's you know hotel boutiques that's a niche So for me to get my foot into the door, yes, you have to make those contacts and you need to meet people and you need to send out proposals. So yes, it's absolutely hard. It's not like no one is just going to go and give you a hotel project. Here's this, here's this hotel for you. (laughs) Yeah. You need to prove that you can do it. So these are just like the next big step. And other things that I would really love to work on are spa and wellness centers. Nice. You know, we think about the traditional spa, but going into wellness, you know, mental health right now mm-hmm. is, is super important and Absolutely. needs more light shed on it. But actually having physical spaces for yeah. people to go to. Bringing in that superpower that you have where you kind of have an inviting and good atmosphere of space and kind of incorporating that into more mental health awareness and also just kind yes. of more wellness in general for everybody here. Yes. I mean, I love going to spa and we think like, oh, spa luxury, yeah, but yeah. going to the spa is also supports your mental health. So the, mm-hmm. the wellness aspect is super important. And how can we make it affordable so that anyone can go to the spa or wellness center and like enjoy themselves and feel like they don't have to pay a million bucks for whatever they're getting? Yeah, all those services. (laughs) Like, here, do you want this as well? I'm like, I don't know what that is. (laughs) But Um, looking into youth culture, there's definitely been a shift, I think, with social media as someone that consumes social media and as we all do there's definitely a shift about how the young younger generation such as myself kind of views a design space especially like these different types of interior design and furniture you know everybody knows about mid-century modern now and kind of that growing push of that within social media and all that in the hospitality space do you have any advice for someone who's trying to get into their own style and find that style yeah, it's that's a tough question because, like you said, the the online world with Instagram mm-hmm. and TikTok like yeah. is all happening around us. But you know, I would say research is a big one. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever you're doing, you need to research who your competitors are. What are design companies that you really love? Who are some of the top players in the industry, what they're doing, and Mm -hmm. why are they successful? Yeah. But just really trying to find your niche. And, you know, I feel like you have to really do hands-on projects and kind Mm -hmm. of get in the nitty of gritty of things. Even if it's not something that, you know, if you're hesitant doing it, you should probably do it because that's where you're going to find out, well, okay, I really hate this or I really love this. You know, you really grow in the more uncomfortable situations that you are. But yeah, learning more about yourself 
in what you do will really reflect on your work. So obviously, like looking internally on where do you foresee yourself in five, 10 years, like you Mm. need to make those goals because, you know, it's your life. That is true. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, like, how do you feel about that whole huge, like, I feel like that more internet shift of how people view spaces, design spaces, and this whole push of mid-century modern, do you find that as like, well, yeah, thank goodness. It's a great thing that people should really look into. Or how do you kind of like, as someone that really is a professional in that industry, how do you view that? Yeah, I think there's a lot of pressure online, especially now because a lot of people are DIYers and everyone's a designer, everyone's a photographer. Now, in these days, people can literally go on YouTube and learn Photoshop or can learn rendering. They can take courses. So really anyone can do what they want, which is good. But I would say just don't feel pressured to mm-hmm. do what other people are doing. Because for instance, oh, like on TikTok, like I'm like, oh my gosh, people are doing all of these DIYs. <laughs> it looks great. And they're making all these cool things. Mm-hmm. I was being real with myself and I was just like, hey, that is not me. Like I mm-hmm. don't enjoy I don't enjoy doing like small DIY Wide, projects. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like for me, that's just not what I do. I, mm. I work on more commercial, you know, residential yeah. size projects. So I don't have time for that. So, you know, just really being transparent with yourself and just staying consistent on the things that you're doing. That's awesome. Well, those are all the questions I basically have for you, Christy. Uh, (laughs) Before we end it off, do you want to give the people any teasers of what they can expect from you from now in 2023 or even beyond that? Yes. So you can expect some dispensary designs. That'd be awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Boutique hotels something that I've been wanting to tap into um, mm-hmm. food courts and definitely more uh, restaurants. So that'll be fun. Yeah. I'm excited for 2023. That 2023 seems like the year of Christy at this point. <laughs> <laughs> and where can the people find you? You know, if you know, you want to shout yourself out in any way, what do you have? Yeah. You can find my company online at factoryofspaces.com. Mm-hmm. Or you can find me personally on IG at Christy Maria period M, the letter M. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining me today. This is great. Yeah. No, well, thank you. You've had a lot of great questions. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you for tuning into today's episode. Once again, I'm your host, Andrew, and I want to thank Christy for taking the time to speak with me today and to Sam Walner for creating the music you heard on today's episode. This episode showed the building blocks it takes for someone like Christy to achieve their goals. So if you know someone wanting to build an idea and create something, share with them this episode. You can find me and the shop on Instagram at Andrew Inamoto and at underscore August shop. And find August located on 414 State Street, Madison, Wisconsin, or on august-shop.com. Once again, thank you for listening to the August Forum. <laughs>